have that luxury. Everything's different constantly, or I'm jogging in circles around an RV park, and I don't care what my time is. I'm trying not to just like my, have my head explode. Dizruns Radio episode 1030 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick, today's episode of the show is brought to you by the folks over at Victory Co. Amy and the team helping to uh, give yourself a little a little finish line feeling anytime you want it instead of right after the finish line. How so? Well, you may have heard me talk about this before, but if not, here's here's the scoop. You know what it's like to finish a race. You get that metal put around your your neck, and maybe you're you're like me. You might walk around a little bit the rest of that day. Puffing the chest out a little bit, you know, rocking the metal, especially if you're if you're traveling somewhere. Maybe you go out to out to eat, or you're you're flying on a plane, or maybe you're at Disney and you're walking around the parks. Whatever the case might be, you know, wearing the metal after after the the race is over, like it's kind of a cool feeling. At least I think so. I don't know. Maybe you disagree, but I think it is. But at some point, twenty four, thirty six, forty eight hours, maybe maybe a week or two later, I don't know. You you do you. But at some point, you know, you kind of take the the metal off. Hangs on, hang it on the, on the, put it on the shelf, hang it on the wall, whatever, whatever however you display your bling is, is your business. But at some point you take it off and it kind of, you know, joins the, the, the ranks of the other races that you've run. And, and, you know, every once in a while you might look at it and reflect and kind of think back on that race. What if you had the opportunity to wear that medal any old time you wanted to and not look out of place, not look like you were being that guy that was rocking their, their medal from four years ago, just out and about. Well, that's where Victory Co. comes in. Amy and Amy and her crew, Turning your, you know, taking your your medals, taking your memories, taking taking that finish line feeling, and, and turn it into a charm bracelet, something that you can wear with with unique unique charms, unique unique little tokens and symbols of the races you've you've run, the accomplishments you've had, uh, to remind you of that finish line feeling. Any old time that you wear it, and also not for nothing, not as if runners need it, but not for nothing, a good conversation piece. You know, you're wearing that out. Somebody asks, "Hey, what's what's that all about?" Now, now, now! Someone has literally just asked you to tell the, tell them about the races you've you've run. What more do you want as a runner? Is someone interested in hearing about your races? They may not know what they're getting themselves into, but that's fine. They asked, so now you get to talk about it. You get to talk about your races and really relive those moments. So, to get yourself one, or to see some examples, see what they look like, uh, do a little browsing. Head over to createmyvictory.com, or you can also look on Instagram at their handle. Same same URL, or I guess not a URL, but whatever. Same same handle at uh, createmyvictory on Instagram. Check it out. If you like what you see, get yourself one. And if you do, make sure you use that code at disc- at uh, checkout. The code is DISRUNS. It'll save you 15%, you know, which is certainly not nothing. Certainly better than a stick in the eye. Certainly better than a, than a 10% code or a 5% code. Uh, we're talking 15% off of whatever custom jewelry custom piece that you order for yourself or someone you love at createmyvictory.com. So thanks to Amy for sponsoring today's episode. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey y'all, uh, today's guest is a lady that uh, is always on search for her next adventure, whether that's running or, you know, otherwise in, in life. She's she's run races of pretty much all the distances and she's she's hiked a few 14ers in her day. Uh, she's dipped her toes into some sprint triathlons and even done the uh, the rim to rim to rim. I guess it's kind of distinct from some of the other hiking, but uh, done some Grand Canyon hiking, other half dome, a whole, a whole host of places that she's hiked and, and done things. Uh, like I said, always looking for her next adventure. And currently the uh, adventure search involves her and her husband are, and and they're living the uh, the nomad life, living in their RV and traveling around the country at their leisure as, as the spirit moves them, maybe chasing good weather. I don't know. We'll, we'll probably get into that a little bit as we go. But uh, another goal that's popped up on her list since they started traveling is to uh, run a race in every state. And at the moment, if if my numbers are correct, and who knows, maybe it's changed since she gave me some numbers. Uh, she's 34 states down with 16 more to go. So really uh, chipping away at, at that goal as well. So needless to say, Plenty of things to talk about today, so without any further ado, it's a pleasure to be able to welcome Miss Sherry Wiedenhoff to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Sherry. Really appreciate it. 
Hi, Danny. Glad, glad to be here. Yeah, looking looking forward to it. And y'all, if you uh, want to follow along with, with Sherry and her husband's adventures uh, on Instagram, they, they, they're documenting, you know, as, as we all do these days, documenting life on Instagram. Uh, and her handle there is at Tumbleweeds. That's T-U-M-B-L-E-W-I-E-D-S. So if you look at her last name, you can kind of figure out where that came from. But Tumbleweeds <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, you can also, you know, connect with her on Facebook, just searching, searching for her name, Sherry Wiedenhoff. And uh, obviously we'll have everything linked up as we always do. Uh, in the show notes to make it easy for you to find Sherry and connect with her. Anything else we talk about today that makes sense to link it, uh, disruns.com slash 1030, disruns.com slash 1030. We'll get you back to the show notes for today. All the links, all the photos, all the things as per usual. So Sherry, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with uh, a pretty simple, simple, simple question. Sometimes easy one to answer. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult because there's a lot of great options out there. And with somebody who's done as many things as you have, like I have no idea which way you're going <laughs> to go with it, which is, which is always fun for me. But it, it's just a great way to start the conversation. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Okay, I'm going to disappoint you here because I read your little blog where you said you hate 5Ks, and I think that's probably my favorite. And um, it's because it's kind of my niche race. I do better at shorter speeds, like that, shorter distances. And when I first started racing, that was this that was the distance I always raced at. And so it tends to be a good barometer for me on where my fitness level is. And then um, it's also kind of a race where I, I'm always running and doing exercise of some sort. So I can usually just jump into one, no problem. Whether I'm as fast as I like to be, that's, you know, something different. And then um, it's funny because you talked about being crowded, but I really like the community feel of going to those races. I feel like different organizations can do them as fundraisers. Um, there can be themes to them. And there's just all levels of people out running. And, you know, when people are new to running, that's kind of the distance they do and stuff. And so I usually just walk away from those type races, just having such a great feeling. And I just love being part of it and meeting people and stuff. So, yeah, I'd say it's that one, 5K. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, and you know, as, as, as much as I, uh, you know, have, have been known to rant and rave about my disdain for the 5K, you're right. I mean, and, and, and I mean, you could make the argument that, that at a lot of races, there's that same, there, whatever the distance is, there's all kinds of different people. But yeah, you get to 5K and it really opens the door for just about anybody where they want to come out and just hammer it, whether it's their first race ever, uh, anywhere in between. Uh, it, it is a great way to bring people together. And, and you, you know, the, the good thing about the 5K, here I am saying good things about the 5K. There but, you go. <laughs> but I mean, you can pretty much find them anywhere, you know, right, you know right. like, and, and um, all throughout the year, winter, spring, summer, fall. Uh, you probably don't have to go too far to try to find a 5K versus the longer distance stuff. Sometimes, you know, there's there's a period where you have those races and then you have, you know, eight or nine months where they don't really happen like florida for the marathon like we've got it we've got them in the winter time but after that it's just too hot so yeah um you know to pros and cons for everything and if, if the 5k is your jam i'm, I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise <laughs> even if it's not exactly my cup of tea no you know and um i love popping into them but i would get that's not like the only one pretty soon i'm like i gotta go longer you know and mm -hmm. i train longer like right now i'm training longer and stuff but um yeah they're just a nice little thing i can always work in yep yep well and and, and again you know it, everybody's got their their own preferences but with the 5k you know, if, if, if you really like the 5k and you want to race them regularly, I mean, you can pretty much, you could probably race a couple per weekend if you really wanted to, but certainly every week, no big, like you can probably find them. And again, they're not too hard to, to have to travel to more often than not. Um, but if you really love the marathon or the half marathon, or I mean, any of the longer distance things and you want to throw down, like you kind of can't do that every week. So, you know, again, another little feather in the cap of the shorter stuff. Yeah. You know, as we travel around, um, cause you know, like we're going to talk about that. I'm trying to do races in different States. Like I can, pretty much just jump into any race as long as it's not say over a half marathon. So like marathon, I, that would have to be planned out, but you race like everything else is, you know, the shorter it is, you can just kind of jump into it, whether it's fast as you want it or not, that's a different story, but yeah, they're, they're all over and you can just find, I can just where my fitness levels at. I can usually just jump into a race at a half marathon or under. So that's always nice too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, how'd you get started in the, the, the world of running and, and adventuring and, and kind of all the, all the things that we're going to get to it, you know, as, as we go along today, um, where, where'd you get started down this path? Well, you know, I would say the running portion, my dad used to just kind of run on his, um, lunch breaks and then in junior high, I did a little bit of running. We did, um, cross country track kind of thing in junior high. And then high school, I did a couple years, probably I didn't, I never engaged in any other kind of, I'd say, sports, organized sports. We were in the Air Force and moved around. And so probably running was just the thing you could jump into. Um, so I did a little bit. Can't say I loved it all that much and everything. And then at, in college, I started to do it more for my own enjoyment. And then when um, I moved to Reading, 
California, northern, that's really northern California. It just was so easy to do. And then the more I did it and the more you can start like working your way into different races and stuff, I got inspired. And so it's really, I was never a um, trained athlete. I never ran, ran in college. Um, like I said, a couple years in high school, but we weren't high level. We were very tiny high school and everything. So I've never been deeply trained. People see me as a runner and I guess I am a runner, but it's kind of always just been my gig and me self-training myself and everything. So, but it is something you can do anywhere, you know? So I like that too. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and I, I'm smiling a little bit because, and, and what the people don't know, but I'm going to pull back the curtain, I guess, a little bit is when <laughs> I, I put it, you're, you're one of the, the orange one ambassadors too. I've had a, a few of them on the show and a few more coming up in the, in the coming weeks. Um, you know, I put a post up in the group, Hey, anybody want to talk running for a bit? And, and you kind of said like, I wasn't sure if I had anything like really kind of worth talking about compared to some of these other, you know, kind of real badass people. And then you kind of proceeded to tell me some of the things that you've, <laughs> you've done. And it's like, well, but all that to say, um, you know, like you said, kind of, I don't know, so think of myself as a runner. Um, I feel like sometimes, and, and not just in running, but just sometimes in, in life, at least for myself, like we can be our own, maybe not harshest critic, but just kind of, we, we, we dim our own light pretty easily. Like, ah, you know, I did that, but it wasn't that big of a deal, even though, you know, to, to, if somebody else did the same accomplishment, somebody else ran the same things that you've done or, or whatever the case might be, you might be like, wow, that's really awesome. Um, and so it's just, it's just interesting to, you know, like, how, how sometimes we kind of, whether it's, it's PRs or, you know, I run, but I'm not that fast, but like, there's other people that are like, God, I'd love to run as fast as, as you do right. that type of thing. Um, it's so, it's so easy for some of us. Um, it kind of sounds like maybe you're on that same boat with me to just kind of tamp down what we do, even though like, it's not necessarily normal to just, you know, be able to just jump in a half marathon any old time, even if it's not as fast as you want. And, and, you know, it's not something that the general population can necessarily do. No. And it is true. And I, I, I really did. Like when you said you put it out there in orange mud, I was like, okay, no, and and I don't have anything to talk about. And then I was just kind of staring. I was actually standing at the sink doing the dishes, and I started running through things I do. And I'm like, I, I discredit myself, like, what I do. And I think it's because it's not my whole life. Like, I, I jump into these big adventures, and then I'll just go out for a three-mile run and everything, you know, and it's not like I'm well uh, – this has been my whole life, like a professional athlete, but I have to, I do have to stop and go, wow, like I've done some big adventures and I love it. And, um, I don't know, you know, I like to just kind of be balanced and well-grounded. Maybe that's why, cause I'll go into a big adventure and then I just set it aside. Like, um, before we ended up talking today, I was like, oh yeah, I did rim three. You know, I like have to remember I did like the Grand Canyon twice and things like that. But, um, yeah. And I think part of it came from, you know, um, before like my first marathon, my brother-in-law, was a college runner and stuff and he did marathons. And so I just attached like marathons to elite athletes. And then in Northern California, where I come from, there's so many elite athletes and doing big things. And so I think, like you said, it is perspective. So if I sit there and size myself up to people that have done like a bunch of hundred milers, I feel small, but then I am way ahead of another set of population that, like you said, the people that go, wow, you did all that. So it is, it's kind of perspective. Um, but then at the same time, I like to, um, not get caught up in that too. Like you do, you have to kind of keep, you know, my big thing is keeping my head in my own lane because if you start comparing yourself, um, to people, um, you get out of sorts. You just got to kind of decide what, what you like in life and what you're trying to accomplish. And, and, you know, when I have goals, I train according to what's best for my body and things like that. So, um, I think comparison is a dangerous thing. (laughs) Oh, for, for sure. And that's, and that's, you know, to me, and, 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 and again, maybe, maybe, maybe to you, but, but certainly would love to get your thoughts on it. It like in the running world, it, it's such a, it, it can be such a, a razor thin edge because, um, you know, we have our goals and we have our things that we're trying to do and, and work towards and, and whatever they are. And, and, and the, the, the individual nature of the sport, like really presents that to, to make it quote unquote easy to just say, Hey, I want to, I want to run this distance or I want to run this time or, or whatever, you know, whatever your goals might be is, is, is up to you. And that's, and that's great. And there's room for everybody in the sport to do that. Yet there's also so much of the, whether it's so, you know, you can, you can blame it, you can blame everything on social media and it's certainly not, you know, can be part of the problem sometimes too, but it's so easy to start comparing as well. And like, Oh, well my best isn't as good as her best or his best right. or whatever. Um, and that can really suck the joy out of it. So it's, it's just an, like running is, is great for a lot of things. And, and, you know, everybody listening, I think is probably pretty much pro pro running. Um, but, but it, it, it's, it's a blessing and a curse sometimes when, when you start to, to toe the line of that comparison and pushing yourself and am I doing enough or am I doing what's right? And it's really can be difficult to, like you said, kind of keep your head in your lane and focus on what you need to do and what's right for you and not worry about necessarily what everybody else is doing. Yeah, it's true. You know, and, um, I just kind of like, we, that's why I'll post when I do all these races, but I don't necessarily post times. Cause I'm like, how can you compare 
the course, the weather, you know, the elevation change, you know, if people want to start comparing times and I'm like, I don't want to do that kind of game unless it's like a, like in a magnificent race or a PR or something. But normally, yeah, you can't. And I just tell people like they're new to running, you know, you start up to the, you get to the starting line and you don't know where everyone's at. You don't know who are the people that didn't have time to train the people that get, they have all the time in the world to train who's had an injury, who has it and stuff. So yeah, when you start making comparisons, you're doing it without any kind of knowledge and without any kind of reference. And so it's not a good thing. So I, and it gets you trouble in a race if you start trying to run like two paces, right? Like if you start to try to run someone else's pace, you don't know if they're going to die out or they're going to hang on. Right. And so um, I use people as you're running in a race, I use people just to stay focused and kind of motivate me. But if you're trying to go at someone else's pace when you know nothing about it, it's, it's that's dangerous too, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> definitely, definitely a mistake that, uh, that I've made where it's like, Oh, I can't, I can't let this person get ahead of me or, or I can't let them go. Um, but, but yeah, like, what do you know? Maybe that, that might just be their easy cruise pace. They're just doing this race as a workout and you're going to blow up way early because of right. it or, or whatever the case might be. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, that comparison thing. And, and maybe that's another human trait, but it's just, it's just, uh, oof, it, can, it can get you in trouble in a hurry if you're not careful. Yeah. And I think I came, became kind of good at it too. I worked, um, I was director of operations at the YMCA before we left. And so you can imagine we have personal trainers, we have people that are out of shape, we have people that work out hours per day and stuff. And, um, it's funny working at a Y, I never had as much time to use it cause I work, you know, 50 to 60 hours a week kind of thing. But it, it, it teaches you to like, again, get, you could get really caught up in that person's dieting, that person's eating only protein, that person's eating carbs, that person's exercising like that. And so you just kind of learn like, no, we all should be kind of just, is, you know, self-focused on what we want out of life and what our goals are and, you know, what kind of life do we want to lead and stuff like that. And yeah. Well, and, and we're yeah. all N equals one, right? So it's all, right. all about kind of trying, you know, trying a little bit, tweaking, optimizing for ourselves. And yep. yes, you can learn from others. And, and, and hopefully sometimes that's what this show does is we, we're able to share some knowledge and things like that. Uh, but ultimately, just because it works for me or just because it works for you doesn't mean it works for everybody listening. And so yeah, exactly. Th- like being willing to, to learn and then, you know, sometimes take what works and discard the rest. And, and that's okay. And that's okay. Uh, as, as we go forward. So yeah. speaking of going forward, you know, you, you, you kind of start running a little bit more for, for yourself and, and enjoying it a bit. Um, you know, what, what was the, what was the trajectory? Did you start jumping in local races or, you know, what, what was kind of those, those early days of, of your running, running life like? Yeah, I think it took until I moved to Reading to really get into a lot of races because opportunities are there. There was just so many more and so many trails. And, you know, at first I was always a road runner. And then um, I can't even remember who started getting us to, onto trails, like who exposed me to the local trails. And so once I got into the, um, to running more local trails and that kind of opened the world of trail running to me. But that Northern California there in Redding, um, we're two and a half hours. Redding was two and a half hours north of Sacramento. It's just like a plethora of, of trails and there's races and you can get to races pretty easily. Um, and like there, there's a guy, guy named John Oasis who owns midnightracing.net. And he would do even a, um, a seven-week series in the winter and a seven-week seri- series in the summer where you go race once a week. Oh, wow. And you pay like $3 and you enter. And it's a great – like that was great to just to work on your speed and you're racing against people and you meet people. I met, I've met so many good friends through like that series because you re- when you start running the same pace week after week with people, mm-hmm. you know, you start to – you get to know the people that are at your pace, right, and stuff. But um, that, that, those series were just great to get yourself geared up for a race and just practice racing and practice your speed and things like that. But I think, um, and you know what? I love racing. Some people don't, I just love it. I think it's, um, I mean, don't ask me that after I've had a really bad one. Right. (laughs) Right, But, um, I do, I just love, it keeps me focused. And then during the race, I just like pushing myself and challenging myself and going, how hard can you do it? How well can you do it? You know, you know, mentally too, here's always a mental game that goes in while you're running a race. You know, I like have a thousand things going through my head. So, um, I, I really like it. And on this trip I've been, um, during the summer, like there was one time I think I did four races, four weekends in a row. And one time I did a two different States back to back in the same weekend. I don't know. Um, I just kind of thrive on it or having something out there. Well, and, and, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, not every, not that everybody loves racing, but, but there is something for those that have some, some little bit of a competitive streak in them, whether it's competitive with others or competitive, I think for a lot of us, it's competitive with ourselves. Um, but there's just something a little bit different about testing yourself in a race versus just going out there and 
running whatever distance it is by yourself, you know, it's, it, and, and maybe this is the good part of the comparison game that we kind of talked about a few minutes ago where it is like, well, can I keep up with this person, especially towards the end of a race or whatever the case yeah. might be? Like there's just that little bit of extra for me, at least a little bit of extra oomph that you're able to give on race day. And if, if you enjoy it and, and um, you know, there's certainly nothing wrong with, with doing that when, when you're able to. Yeah. And I would say to like people that aren't, don't know themselves so well as like my training, I train, you know, I train, but sometimes I'll just walk into a racing. I'm going to have the worst race or the slowest time based on my training. And then it like all comes together. So I've noticed too, like it doesn't, that's, I think why I like racing too. Like you said, you're like, you're putting yourself out there. How, where are you at and how much can you push? Because it doesn't always match what your training is. Um, or like, you know, I'll go out and do runs. Maybe they seem slow. And then all of a sudden, like I can let it go in a race. Um, you, you ask me, you ask people, they always go, you always say you're going to do terrible, especially my husband. And I'm like, but I honestly, I'll say those are honest statements based on what I've been doing or how I've been feeling. Those are honest statements. And then just somehow it all comes together. And like you said, you do get kind of that extra kick, right? When you're in competition. And, and I wonder, and, and I don't know if this is even a question, but I'll throw it out there. Um, I sometimes feel like, like with myself, some of the similar, similar things like you just said, where it's, it's like, eh, you know, training has been okay, but it hasn't been great. And, you know, eh. but maybe the longer that you've, that you've been running and the, the more experience that you have of running races, um, if there's something about, you know, just, just that, even if it's just a, the local, you know, charity 5k, that really isn't anything big deal at the, in the, the grand scheme of things, it's not some big goal race or whatever. Um, but there's just something of, of like, maybe even subconsciously, you know, it's a little bit different and you're able to just, just, you know, rise up a little bit more than the, the monotonous four miles that you run right. every day or whatever the case might be where, where when you're newer, maybe you put more pressure on yourself. I, and I don't know, I like, it's all speculation, but maybe when you've done it enough times, it's just like, meh, all right, let's go. And it just kind of clicks. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's just uh, wishful thinking, but it's, it's something worth thinking about. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes you know what to expect. And sometimes that can be scary. Like if you remember too much on the pain, right? Like I have a motto kind of, it's kind of more of a prayer, but I always kind of pray like, let me be fearless, but smart about it. Because I, I can remember the pain of a race, especially, you know, I'm always at a hundred percent, either I'm in control of my hundred percent or I'm out of control, but that pain like sometimes can get in my head and I just don't want to run less than I can because I'm afraid of the pain. Um, But at the same time, you have to run a smart race. And I think that's the difference between being in control and out of control. But um, yeah, I usually always have to like beforehand just keep saying, let me be fearless, but let me be smart about it. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of of something that I'll paraphrase because I'll I'll probably get the quote exactly wrong. But um, one of the old timers that was on the show several years ago, he's in his 80s or something like that, been running for 60 years and, you know, 300 marathons or whatever it was. And uh, he's saying that, you know, on race day, you should run or you want to run. The goal is to run as fast as you can, given the distance. So, you know, the longer you have to go, the more you have to still kind of rein it in. Right. But at the same time, you don't want to just be, be totally slacking and sandbagging the first half of the race because then you get to the finish line and you feel like you still had more to go, yeah. more to give. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it is finding that, that fine line of, of running smart and, and embracing the, the, the pain, but not uh, being foolish and, and getting into it too quickly uh, to where you end up blowing up and, and, you know, really, really ride the suffer, suffer train for the last bit. Of yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why five K's are good. Cause you can hang on no matter what. They're so short. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even if you get yeah. on the, the train right away, like you, you only have to find it out for, for a short bit. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of the curse though. Have you ever noticed like I will be dying and I'll walk around and I'm dying after a race, but give me five minutes to recover. And then pretty soon I'm like, I don't think I ran that hard enough. Like that, <laughs> that's the curse probably for every runner where, unless you've done a hundred and your body's suffering, right. it's kind of the curse going you know, second guessing, but you know, but then you have to remember back and go, Oh no, no, I was dead at the finish line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of finish lines and, and I don't know, that's kind of a terrible, terrible segue, but you know, I, <laughs> podcast long enough. I, I feel like sometimes I can make, uh, make, make the segue work anyway. Um, but you know, kind of focusing on, on some of the races and again, climbing the, the ladder a little bit. Um, something that you had mentioned in the, in the whole, I'm not sure if I'm really, you know, able enough to, to be on the show or whatever the exact words were. I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm you know, uh, qualified, um, a couple of, a couple of Boston's and, and I feel like okay. Boston for, for me, uh, and folks that listen to the show know that, that I kind of never pass up the opportunity to talk about Boston. It's, it's a big goal of mine. Um, still have a ways to go. I have to get a little bit older, a little bit faster. And, and eventually yeah. hopefully those, those lines to qualify will, will meet in the middle. Um, but you've run Boston a couple of times and, and, uh, if memory serves, one of them was, was the bomb year in 2013. Yeah. What, what was, mm-hmm. you know, it, we can get into it as much or as little as you want. 
Um, but what what were your kind of some of your Boston experiences, both good and, and obviously a little bit of a bad on, on, uh, on in 2013? Yeah, you know, I'll say, um, so I did it in the year 2009 and 2013. And then I will say Boston's probably my all-time favorite, like and definitely my favorite marathon. Um, the whole experience is just wonderful. And being there, um, you know, to them, it's a sporting event, right? Like they're, the, the streets are lined from start to finish and they do such a good job with the expo and the whole thing. And you feel like so special. Plus being in Boston is fun walking around in the history. So the whole experience for me, um, were, was awesome. And I think that's part of the problem on 2013 when the, the bomb went off, like I was so insulted. I mean, people are hurt. I'm so insulted going, how could you come to this event and ruin it like have so much hate in your heart and do this to this event and all the people there because the spirit of the event is tremendous but um yeah you know it's really interesting that race 2013 i had already got across the finish line and this is one of those things where my training wasn't good um i felt like it wasn't the best training going into this yet i had a great race um even with some stopping and things like that my time came out good negative splits at the end you know um it, the whole thing just went really well, which probably saved me because when I went back to looking at the um, video and they showed the guys walking down the final stretch where they placed the bomb, I was running past that when those guys were walking like that. That just sent goosebumps up my, you know, my arms and stuff to go. I was like, you don't even realize there's evil lurking as you're running by. Right. And then um, my friend was there with me and we um I was after the finish line, we were taking pictures and I just taken my pictures with my medal and everything. And I was about to send them to people when the bomb went off and everyone heard the first one and we stopped and we looked and you're kind of going, okay, what was that? You know, was it just an explosion of some sort? Like, you know, something's going on in the pipeline or something. And then the second one went off and um, I, I turned and looked and there was smoke. And you know what really triggered it for me? The smoke in the air drifted and it drifted towards us. And it reminded me of 9-11 where they showed like the smoke drifting down the, the New York streets. And I just, to my friend, I'm like, we have to go. But I wasn't panicked in the sense because I didn't really know what had happened. But I'm like, we need to get out of here. And and I still took the time to get my stuff from the bus. You know, they have the big yellow school buses with all your stuff. And then um, so many things were like in our favor. We headed towards um, Boston Commons, which is way to our hotel. Our hotel was on at Quincy Market. So lucky, luckily for us, we had finished, and the direction we needed to move away from the area was the direction we needed to head anyways. And it wasn't until we got to Boston Commons that we saw people like running and ladies and volunteers that had been there that had told us what happened and everything. Um, and then, you know, and then later that night, you know, we were in the hotel. We almost couldn't get into our hotel because they shut everything down, like the whole city just shut things down to keep people out. And then, um, and of course, I didn't have ID. I had been running a race. So um, we got finally into our hotel and we, there was actually a police officer there from Cincinnati or something, a detective. And he goes, oh, it was a bomb. He goes, I've worked bomb squads. I know the smell, you know, what happened and everything. And we were leaving the next day and he goes, I'll meet you to, you know, go with you to the airport. But later that night, um, I hadn't had anything to eat. So it's just amazing how adrenaline kicks in because you finish a marathon and it's hours later and I still haven't had anything to eat. And finally, I'm like, we have to go find food. And um, so we go out and walk the streets by Quincy Market. And for people that have been to Quincy Market, I mean, it's a touristy area, right? It's usually full of life and everything. The whole, they have the city on blackout. And there are, um, I can't remember now if it was like National Guard or SWAT who are walking around with like, I don't know my guns, but like machine guns, right? Like everyone's on alert and talking about, it made me realize going, God, this would feel like to live somewhere where you're in a war zone all the time. You know, the place is black and dark. We finally, there's, there's military personnel walking around with guns. Um, we finally found a place to eat. And so, um, it was just kind of scary feeling, but like I said too, it was, um, I mean, we were safe and everything, and um, so that that's good. And there was just, um, but you know, your heart just aches when there's something like so much good out there, right? People are love the race. People are there, their whole life's trying to get to Boston. Then the whole community, the towns, embrace it, and then someone's got to go do something so evil and everything. Um, yeah, and we were pretty lucky. And then my friend too, she was there to cheer me on, and she don't tell it was the days before you could you know is when you could kind of jump into races and she ran what's interesting she ran part of it with me and she was injured so she got back out and then she um was about one mile to go she's like there's a police officer here should i jump in with you or should i go to the finish line i'm like jump in with me just jump in with me you know we're on the phone and everything 
Um, see, see, I, I even stopped to make phone calls and we had to deal with her. So like, it was amazing how I still finished ahead of time. But then I'm like, jump into the race with me. And so she finished with me, thank goodness, because if she had not jumped into that race with me, she would have been um, at the finish line, probably like looking for me mm-hmm. in the area that that happened. So that probably just saved anything happening to her. And um, there's about 10 people from our, our hometown there that, but everyone was safe. A couple of people did not get to finish. Other people were clear kind of the finish line so everyone was safe so that was good yeah yeah what a what a day and certainly you know i think a lot of us can remember uh if, if we were at least following the sport back then it doesn't feel like it was that long ago but it's, it's coming up on on 10 years like um you know i remember like watching the the, the elites that morning and and uh you know kind of getting back to to work and and kind of sort of paying attention to twitter and then all of a sudden everything like terrible way to say it but everything's just kind of going nuts and and yeah um it was just like holy crap what what is going on and and yeah just uh the oh man what a what a day and and um certainly something that that i won't really forget but i wasn't there you were there you won't forget it but uh did it did i hear or did you did you say that you're kind of thinking about maybe trying to to get back to boston again and uh maybe yeah next <laughs> well yeah so um i'm actually currently trying to train for a marathon to do it i have my eyes on one in pennsylvania in may which will probably be hot and humid <laughs> um so you know what's hard for me is like i'm i'm gonna try to train it i just never know what my training looks like in the sense of where am i going to go do my long runs you know if i was at home i would know exactly where i'd want it, it would be so easy so i'm trying i just gotta hopefully i can get all my long runs and stuff i don't know where I know what states we'll be in, but I don't know what the territory will look right. like. That's one of the hardest things about traveling around. But I'd like to go back. I, um, You know, at that 2013, I requalified. I could have gone back the next year, but I didn't. It, you know, it's kind of, it's also an ordeal to get there, you know, time off work, kids and money and all that. But I just didn't have the desire or the need to go back there. I was pretty, I had closure on all that. But now with 10 years, I was kind of like, you know, I'd like to go back there. I'd like to celebrate that. And, and um, I'd like to, my husband hasn't been there with me to see it. And I'd love to go back and do it with them. So I'm going to try to requalify for it. So and luckily I'm getting older. So all those people wondering that <laughs> I'm 56 now. So, you know, my time, I get, I have a little more break with my time. So um, I'd like to requalify. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to um, qualify in May. Well, good. That's, that's awesome. And, and good luck. And yeah, like I said, that's, that's my, that's probably my, about my, my timeline is, is mid fifties. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. uh, get, like I said, get a little bit faster, get, get a, get a few more uh, buffer windows going and then uh, you know, let's, let's get after it and see what happens. But yeah. Um, you know, don't want to, don't want to wait too long to get into some of the, the nomad life stuff and, and, um, and, and definitely kind of curious and you kind of teased a little bit there on, on how it, it does impact running a little bit because you know where you're going to be, but you don't necessarily know where you're going to be in terms of running and how that's all going to shape up. But um, how did how did you all get started in, uh, you know, let's let's live in our RV and just travel around like like was that something that was a long time, long time coming or did it kind of come together quickly or, or kind of how did how did that turn into uh, into your reality? That's that's my husband. It was kind of a, well. Thank God he dropped the dream of wanting to go sail in a sailboat because I was like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And um, so he turned. That was kind of his dream. He retired. He was 37 years fire service. He retired as a battalion chief in 2017, and I was still working full time and everything. And so um, finally, he just kind of got antsy and said, No, it's, we need to do this. He wanted to go do it. You know, it's been a, it was a dream of his. And I was like, Oh, I don't know about this. It sounded so hard to live a small life. You know. And then um, plus I was per- I was perfectly happy. You know, I love my routine, my friends and, you know, really ingrained in the community and everything. And so um, I'm like, OK, we'll try it for one year. I think it took me maybe a week or two and I was like sold, you know. <laughs> so we um, we kind of want to pull out stakes out of California anyways. But we pretty much sold off our life. We have one storage unit of some stuff, but we eventually sold the house and we sold off one car and we um yeah, sold off everything. And our kids are scattered, so that made it easier, right? They're not like sitting in a hometown. We have kids scattered different places in the United States. And so, um, and just a little bit of family there. So it made it easier to do that. But boy, um, we have a 36 foot motorhome and we have everything we need. Um, I have enough clothes and we have like all kinds of dishes. So I'm really, we're really comfortable. And then um, we, ours, we have a washing machine and dryer, small washing machine dryer and ours full size refrigerator. And so it just makes it like really livable. And that you, I always tell people, man, you go places you want to go, right? No one's telling us where to go. So we go places that we want to go. So of course we're happy. And we spend so much time you know, outside doing things that it's not like you're cramped inside a small little RV all day long, unless it's like really bad weather or something. But, um, yeah, so it was really his dream. I thought, no way I'll try it just for a little bit, um, a year max. And then, 
of course a year wasn't even enough time and I just yeah like within the first month I was sold and gotcha gotcha when did when did the um the race in every state goal happened was that something that was because again that's that's a goal that I have and I, I've made it hard on myself but I want to do a marathon in every state yeah but like and, and yeah, there's a lot of people crazy. that do that but is that always a goal for you or, or kind of did that come along with the, with the travel that came along with the travel I think um when we first started we ended up down in Southern California um and I I did a race down there and I think it was right about then and I oh I know I also had like had had a half planned in um, Arizona because we were supposed to head that way. But right about then, I'm like, you know, I should just find a race to do in every state. I was like, because I needed, I needed some goals, right? I knew I wanted to kind of race because it keeps me motivated and stuff. And so I was like, oh, I should do a race in every state, you know? So we started in January, 2020. Um, I should say our, our RV broke down two hours into our trip. And then we were without it for a couple of weeks because we had to have some big engine part fixed it was a used one I was like wow now we're really homeless for sure but um yeah and then so um I had had I did one in Southern California and then the next really out-of-state one because I I had five states already under my belt before we left um and then Arizona was gonna be my next one and I did a half marathon in March and after that you know COVID happened I had had some planned out and then the whole COVID shutdown happened and so races kind of I was like, oh, you know, this race will be back right. in. When we're in New Mexico, I'll catch that race and that race. And then everything just, you know, you know how it is, fell apart and shut down. I had even thought about doing a marathon in Texas. And then um, because COVID happened, then our also our, our kind of direction of where we were going to go changed too. But I finally found another one in August. Um, we were in Montana. And this is, okay, so I haven't done one since March. And my training, I try to keep up, but it kind of wavered and stuff. But I woke up, we were in Montana, and I woke up that morning I should say after drinking vodka and having tacos <laughs> the night before all night long. And I just got on Facebook and I went to the vents to think, what can we do? And a race popped up. And I mean, literally, I went into the bedroom, kind of jumped on the bed and woke my husband up. And I'm like, take me to this race. <laughs> and so we had like a half hour to get to that race. And I jumped into that, that race, that 5K. And then um, from there... I was able to just start finding some, it took, it could, it wasn't, now it's a lot easier. Like you said, now you, man, you can find 25 Ks in a weekend or something. But, um, after that I, I did a half marathon just a, a week, a week or two later that I had only run up to six miles or something. So I had no time to train for that. So I kind of jumped into that and that was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. But, um, then I had to look a little harder, but things kind of empty. The, the States we were heading to races started opening up and so I could start finding them. And then we kind of, um, so what's hard is, um, I miss Washington state and then that little corner sitting all by itself. Mm -hmm. And then Michigan, I was so close. I was a week off finding one there. So I have those two and then the rest are all kind of on the East coast. I have to fill in, but, um, we kind of, it's hard to, when I say I'm trying to do one, it's because you never know how your travels are going to align with, um, you know, what you're doing with races. And so within reason, we'll divert our traveling a little bit. So like when we were heading in Oklahoma, we could have gone Oklahoma City or Tulsa, and I found a half marathon in Tulsa. So we went that direction, right? So we, we'll line it a little bit. Like Indiana, we had some different directions we could have gone, and we followed one direction because I wanted to do this. Um, I found this mud run to do. So um, we, so to some extent, we'll alter the plans a little bit. I try to align them. Like um, in North Carolina, I have a half marathon coming up in a couple weeks in North Carolina. That will be my North Carolina race. And so I just kind of knew the area we'd be, and I started looking at different towns um, where I'll, I'll pick one. Like if we're staying put, the same thing with um, Georgia for Thanksgiving. I mean, I had several options from where we were, and I just kind of picked which one I wanted to do. But, um, yeah, and, I, you know, I, I tell people – Running is like running races is the same everywhere. You're on a different course and a different group of people. What I love about this is this is my camaraderie, right? My social and I go and I just feel like in my, my zone and my place and people are so kind and from nice, you know, at races and everything. And so it's the same. You go, you get packet pickup, you go to a starting line, you run a course, you finish. And so that all feels familiar. And so that's a really nice thing. It's so nice. That I don't have to step into something unfamiliar um, except for the course, right. but uh, you know, the rest of it is like, it's like your, your thing and you know it, and it just feels really good, um, to be there. And it feels really good to have camaraderie. In fact, um, I did this, uh, I did this trail race in Texas, um, 10 mile trail race off. Like it was, um, chaos trails puts it on. And we were, um, I can't, we were in West Texas. I can't even tell you where we were. We were at like this Eagle, the place was called Eagle camp or something. 
And so I did this 10 mile trail race and I talked to this couple who had a young child and they had to do their race at two different times. It was kind of this mm-hmm. where you could start anytime you want it through the weekend in general because of COVID. But that same girl that I talked to there, she comes up to me, a race to me in West Fargo, North Dakota. She goes, hey, were you in Texas at this race? I'm like, holy cow. And it was her. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, well, we actually live here. I was just in Texas visiting my sister. But I'm like, how do you find someone in Texas? And then you're at a race in West Fargo, North Dakota, of all places, <laughs> and um, run into a person. So, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, the 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 running community is, is big, but it's small, too. And yeah. it, it's crazy how... Um, how many times, you know, whether knowingly or unknowingly, um, you know, we've, I've been at the same races with people and, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's, you know, I'll, I'll look back cause being local, like, and, and kind of a Disney fan, like I run the Disney races, not every year, but every, every so often I'll dip my toes in a Disney race and then I'll interview somebody or talk to somebody or meet somebody, you know, two years later. And they're like, Oh yeah, that was my first race. And I was like, Oh yeah, we, I was there. And like, you know, you don't know, but then there's the races where there's 600 people and it's like, Oh yeah, we were like seven years ago, we were both at this random, you know, podunk race somewhere. And it's just, uh, it's just cool when those, when those lines are able to over intersect with each other and, and, uh, you get to, to make some friends and meet some folks. And then you bump into them a few years later. It's like, wait a minute, aren't you? And aren't you? It's, it's fun when that works out. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, to the RV and, and I feel like maybe, maybe I'm, I'm kind of leading the, with the question here. Um, but it sounds like you kind of be pretty, pretty, um, I don't know, loosey goosey, pretty, pretty willing to go with the flow in terms of finding races and things like that. Because like you said, you kind of know where you might be, but you don't necessarily able to plan out six, eight months in advance. Like so many runners do where it's like, I've, I have right. people I coach where it's like, they know their race schedule all the way through 2023. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing in April of 2022. What do you mean 2023 all the way figured out? Um, kind of feel like like for the life that you have right now, that's that's kind of a requisite to be able to be that flexible. Yep. It's funny you say that because people, I'll do a race and then people will be like, are you going to do this race next year or whatever? I'm like, how do I know I could be dead? Like back home they would say that and I'm like, I don't know. Ask me, you know, next year if I'm doing that same race because I, I really don't like – I get, get it alters or certain races. You really have to like, you know, six months out and know it. And some, but that's it. It's, um, we, we only plan, we've learned not to plan so far in advance either because we've had so many reroutes and it's fine. Cause the reroutes, I always tell people the reroutes are magnificent. They, they always work out for the best, but it only seems like if you plan more than two or three months out, something changes in your schedule or whatever. So, um, big races, I'm afraid I won't get into. I, um, I'll try, I might sign up early, but yeah, I do have to be flexible. And so I just kind of, like I said, except for a marathon, I kind of know what type might be out there. And you see you train, you know, I did, um, but like my South Carolina race right before we dropped into Florida was a 16 mile trail run. And I hadn't run more than I think nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, but I ran a really smart race and I did really well at it. I was super happy with my time because I ran a really conservative race at the beginning, you know, smart, but like, see, that was a case where I'm like, well, I want my race and it felt so good to be out on the trails because I hadn't been on them in a while. And I'm like, I'm doing it. You know, I don't care if it's suffer fest. Right. Um, but yeah, you do have to be flexible, which I don't mind because um, it's almost like just even training. I don't like when I go out and run a lot of people are looking at their time and stuff. And I don't because I'm not running the same course over and over, you know, back in your, if you're home, you can go, okay, I'm going to go run this, say it's a five mile loop and you know how you do on it. But after maybe six months, you want to see if you're doing better, but I don't have that luxury. Everything's different constantly, or I'm jogging in circles around an RV park and I don't care what my time is. I'm trying not to just like my, have my head explode. So, um, so sometimes, I mean, at some courses, like, yeah, I can, I, I can go for time, but other times it's just because I want to be there or like, let's say here, I've been in Florida at sea level for three months. Well, North Carolina, I'm going to elevation with hills. I'm going to die <laughs> for my half. You know, it's going to be painful. I mean, I'm still going to work hard, but it's going to be painful. So sometimes you just circumstances are um, against you or whatever. And then there's been times where um, it happened in Arkansas in the South Dakota race where the race was already closed. And so I just, you know, sob story to the race director and said, can you put me on a wait list or something to get in? Here's my, my, um, here's my story. And then they, they had openings and I got into them. So like those, I didn't even know I was going to get into them or I didn't have much notice, but, um, I guess to like the, the thrill for me is getting to race in every state and getting to go race. So it's not as important to me of being so planned out or so significant on my time, you know, it's not like it's their dream races or anything. Um, 
So I think I, I, my approach to some of it's a little different than some other people might be now, like the marathon though, man, you know, that that's going to be definitely focused. I'm going to care about time because I'm trying to qualify for Boston, but, um, in general, I'm just happy to partake yeah. and just go have the experiences and stuff. And usually probably for that reason, I walk away happy. I was kind of thinking before we were talking, I was like, you know, what were my favorite races or what were my least favorite? And I was going through my list going, God, Oh, I like this. I like this. I like this. And I realized there's been some that were a little more kind of boring because they were super small, but in general, I loved them all for whatever reasons, because I think I just wanted to partake and, and people are fantastic. Well, and, and it, it sounds like, and obviously I don't know every race that you've, you've run or anything like that, but like, you know, it, they're, when they're not all the quote unquote same, so it's not all a city half marathon or a city marathon right. or whatever, like sometimes it is, but sometimes it's 16 miles on the trail and sometimes it's, it's a mud runner, you know, whatever, like the different, the different ways of, of exploring the sport and, and this is what is available and this, and this is what I'm going to do. Um, maybe make some of them, maybe, maybe helps to make them all kind of stand out and be, be unique because quite frankly, they all are a little bit unique as opposed to, Oh yeah, I ran a marathon in a, in a, one big city of every state, like, which is cool. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do, but like, you know, it, it is kind of, they, they can start to blur together a little bit when it's just running through the streets and the neighborhoods and things like that versus this, this cool landmark or whatever the case might be. Right. Yeah. And you know, that's kind of nice too. When you do go to races, they get you into areas that you may not run. That's why I like sometimes races too, especially longer ones, right? You get, you can kind of have a city tour. I mean like New York city, when I did New York marathon, like the course, right? Like when are you going to go through all the boroughs of New York? Me, probably not. I had been to Manhattan before, but, um, like that was, you, you got a tour of the city while you're doing that. So some races are like that. Like you get to see the, you, you end up in a, place that you might not go like when we went to I ran a race in West Fargo and I was like when would you ever say I'm gonna go do a race in West Fargo North Dakota right like so you are and um I did um but let me tell you um like two great ones well not necessarily race the race was great but what happened so um in Illinois we were actually visiting family in Wisconsin so I drove into Illinois to do a race, which was only 30 minutes, but it's so funny to drive into another state to do a race and back out. But I had been communicating with the race director because at first uh, it was a um, duathlon. I thought maybe my sister-in-law would do it with me. So I was talking to the race director and I was explaining too. I travel all the time and everything. He just loved that. And at that race, he presented me with a little plaque that um, he had made it up that said, like, thank you for letting us be your Illinois race. And wow being part of your journey and everything. And I was just like, that is so cool. Like that was just amazing. He did that for me and he called me up there and told people about it and everything. And, um, so that was like, that kind of thing, you know, like what, those are like amazing experiences. And then I did a, um, it was only a 5k cause that's all I could get into. But the grand Teton, um, it was, um, the grand Teton, a vacation race. And it was only the 5k. And, um, I ended up placing first master female in that. And I just, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Of it. And then later in the mail, I got a national park pass. And it happened, we got it just as our other one was expiring. So I'm like, that's cool. Like sometimes there's just these cool moments that come out of doing all these different races. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. And um, as, as we're getting close to wrapping up, I, I, I am curious to, to hear your thoughts on this. Um, and I, kind of, I guess I kind of set the stage of, you know, I'm I'm sometimes guilty of being the, the the stereotypical runner where in that what I want to do is run. Like I enjoy running. I I, I love it. I, I like pushing myself. I, I like I like logging the miles that way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I like to run. Um and not that there's anything wrong with that, but sometimes I think that, that I and, and some of us can be a little too focused on our running and we can neglect some of the strength training or some of the cross training or some of the other things that can still help build fitness but also maybe save a little bit of wear and tear or balance, balance out the body a little bit. Um, and, and not that we got into all of the hiking and, and some of the multi yeah. stuff and the things like that, that you've done outside of, of running. Um, but, but I'm curious if, if, if y- your take on how some of those other activities maybe help you as, as a runner, um, it, it's just kind of a little potential nudge for some of us, myself included to maybe, you know, enough miles, like, still get your miles in, but maybe make some time for some other things as well to make sure we're staying healthy and, and able to make progress in the sport that way. Yeah. That's been the hardest thing on this travel is running has been my go-to thing where if back home, I, I cross trained, mm-hmm. like I missed my strength training classes. I would bike, I would swim, I would swim at the lake. You know, that's how I kind of was doing sprint triathlons and stuff. So, um, 
I miss that. And so my cross training now is hiking with my husband, which I love. I love. And then um, for strength training type stuff, like I have to just, I have a, you know, mat in the RV and I have to kind of do body weight stuff. Um, I have a bike with me, but it's really actually hard to find places to bike. Like in Florida, I wasn't biking. <laughs> Even on the sidewalks, I was afraid of dying. But um, so um, I think that's the big thing with me is like running's not, I'm not solely focused on running, even though I'm having to always do it now. I just like, I knew my body well enough to where I need to cross train or do other things. Um, when I trained for rim three, I followed a 50 mile training plan for the mileage, but I worked in hiking with the running cause I wasn't going to run the, the grand right. Canyon. I was going to hike it, but, um, I like, I love going hiking and we miss that, you know, we'll walk on the beach, but I love hiking the trails and everything. Um, and just like, uh, in Colorado, when we spent the month in Colorado, um, I just like, that's where we got two of our 14 peaks in, you know, my first one was Mount Shasta, but we like one time we were, we Jeep too, right. We're on a jeeping trail and we did an overnight jeeping trail and halfway through it. My husband's like, Oh, I think you can hike up to the top of Mount Sneffels. And so he brought me to the parking lot and it was only like maybe five miles round trip, but it was like, that's over four. That was like fourteen one or whatever. And so he stayed there, and I hiked up to the top and back down or whatever um, to work in like a workout. But um, yeah, that's been the hardest thing is not getting to cross train. It's better for my body. Um, I I I when I qualified for my marathon PR and qualifying for Boston the second time was actually following plan where I only ran three days a week and I cross trained the other days and I had a marathon PR from doing that. Mm. And, and here I am, the, the, the running coach and the, like my background is in <laughs> exercise science and athletic yeah. training and things like that. And it's like, I know that. And I know every year I tell myself, right, this is the year I'm going to, you know, like, you know, 2000 miles is enough. I don't need to run 2,500 yeah. miles in a year or 2,700 <laughs> miles in a year. Like get, get, get the year in and it's that I can handle that, but use the rest of the time to get on the bike and to do more things. Yeah. And yet every year it's like, oh yeah, you know, I've, I've, you know, biked for 45 minutes and we're two, almost two months into the year or whatever. Like it's just, uh, so that's a good reminder for me to, you know, you, yeah, you, you can know, still I build think, fitness without just running all the time. Yeah. And I, it might be a mental too thing. Like I, it's hard for me to want to just run, run, run. Like me cross training also helps me not to get bored. Mm. My little ADD mind, right? Like not to get bored and everything. But I'll tell you my first half marathon, uh, half marathon I did was because I was supposed to do a marathon relay and my sister and brother-in-law got injured and couldn't do it and so I jumped in to do the whole thing and I hadn't run more than six miles but I was in great shape because I was crewing and I biked and I swam you know and I hadn't done a longer run than like six miles but I was able to do that I just kind of you know slowed down the pace and did it so I knew I think we think we have to run to run and I'm sure you have to run to run to be super fast or elite but um yeah biking and like you know, doing a bunch of squats are really good for your running yeah, <laughs> and like swimming. You can, you do swimming sprints, man. You're going to get the, you're going to oh. get the same cardio burn as you get when you're doing like around a track. For sure. Um, for sure. yeah. And, and funny how the conversation comes full circle. Cause you're like, you know, I'm sure if you're elite, you have to run and run and run and you do, but it's also relative, right? Because the, what, what you don't see when you look at what the elites are doing is that they are doing some cross training. They are doing some yeah. of these other things and, Probably and so. you know, it, it all, it all is, is relative, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good reminder that, you know, a little bit of, of other stuff can, can be very helpful um, in, in whatever your, your level of running and your ambitions and goals and things like that. Yeah. But as we're, as we're wrapping up Sherry, and I feel like I could, I could keep going for a, another couple hours, but uh, <laughs> you know, at some point I got to at least be respectful of your time, if not for my own time. But um, <laughs> I like to close off with something I call a philosophical question, which is kind of okay. like the introductory question, very open-ended. You can take it wherever you want to go with it and, and we'll wrap it up at that point. Um, but I'm going to go with maybe the most simple philosophical question that, that I you know, is kind of on my list that I that I typically uh, you know go back to, and that's just simply why do you run? You know, why is as as you're traveling around the country and seeing different places and doing different things, um, why why is running still an important part of your life at this point? You know, I think running's been, and this might be a bad thing, but I think running's been so much of my life. Like it's the one thing I really feel like I get a hard workout with, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, even if it's an easy run, it still takes so much effort. And then of course, hard runs really take effort. And so I just, um, part of it is that I feel like I can't get a super, like I needed to stay in super shape, right? Like, I feel like without it, I'm like, how would I ever stay in shape kind of thing? So I've been kind of pro, like, a, probably bad. I programmed myself to kind of think that way. It's easy to take it with me. Right. And then the other thing is whether it's running or hiking, like being out in nature, it really grounds me. And 
like I can forget everything else. You know, the whole, the, like the world could be collapsing around you, but I feel like when you're out doing that, it just kind of grounds you because you're, you're, I just think you realize like the world's so much bigger and you're this small person or I can work things through in my head. That's kind of like my running therapy mini page that I started on Facebook was, came from that. We'd have so many conversations with my girlfriends, like we we're solving all the world's problems. But I think you can really think things through and put things in perspective. And um, even through some of my hardest, my, my most difficult times, like a super long day or difficult times in life, just, just being out there running, especially on trails and stuff, just can really, I think, settle you down and put things in perspective and you can come back and, and, you know, no one can bug you, right? Like you can be out there by yourself. So you just come back, I think, just feeling better and having perspective and peace. Um, my, my boss at the YMCA one day, she gave me a little plaque sign, you know, those little one signs that said, I need to go run this day off. And I think sometimes that's the truth, right? You can like, no matter what's going on, if you just step out into nature, you go take care of business on a, a on a run. Um, I just think you feel better for it. Yeah, I, I uh, agree. I smiling and nodding my head, which is often the case on the philosophical questions, because it's something like, oh, yeah, I can relate to that. And I'm sure other people are as well. And uh, y'all, if you want to continue to follow Sherry's adventures, um, and the, the states that they're going through and races she's running and, and who knows where else the future is going to hold. Uh, Instagram at Tumbleweeds again, T-U-M-B-L-E-W-I-E-D-S. Uh, on Facebook, you can connect with Sherry there at Sherry uh, Wiedenhoft and uh, disruns.com slash 1030. Disruns.com slash 130. We'll have everything linked up as per usual. So it's easy to find, easy to connect and easy to uh, to follow along and maybe live a little bit vicariously and, and maybe even, you know, be inspired to maybe try to do something like that down the road as well and, you know, sell it all and get an RV or maybe maybe take it to the next level and get a sailboat and sail the world. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> whatever, the, whatever the future holds, uh, Sherry, thanks for, for the time today. I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, looking forward to, to following along and seeing how things go. And, um, you know, if you make it back to Florida again at some point into, into my part of Florida, hopefully maybe we can get some miles together or something like that. Um, but safe travels, happy running. And, and thanks again for the time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Denny, thank you. Appreciate talking to you. All right, y'all. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the little chit chat today between Sherry and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, takeaway du jour? Du jour. Uh, for me, it, it was something that maybe we didn't talk about as much as I had planned. Um, and I feel like we might have talked about it a little bit um, more even after the episode or in some subsequent emails and follow-ups that we've had since since we recorded. Uh, but it did get mentioned a little bit in there, and that is the fact that um, Sherry kind of does a, a little bit of everything when it comes to fitness and, and exercise and, and running. But uh, not just with running, you know, between, you know, we talked a little bit briefly, at least I mentioned it in the intro about some of the hikes that she's done and some of the, the different Grand Canyon things that she's done. And obviously she talked about all, all the different types of races and dipping her toes into a little bit of this and a little bit of that and some trails and some roads and, and you know, just, just the variety of things that she's done. Even some multi-events that we talked just a little bit about as well. So, you know, ultimately, I guess that my takeaway here is that sometimes we and me, us, I, get uh, a little bit laser focused, a little bit, uh, you know, stuck, in, not maybe not stuck, um, but we just kind of get in our lane and stay there as it relates to our running, at least, you know, if you're, a, if you're a road runner and you like to run half marathons and marathons, like a lot of times that's what you do. And sure, you might jump in a, a 5k or a 10k once in a while for something for fun, but you know, typically roads, typically longer distance stuff. If you really like the shorter stuff, the faster stuff, the 5Ks, 10Ks, that's that's kind of what you do. You know, if you're a trail and ultra runner, you kind of do trail and ultras. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with with kind of having your your focus or your preference or, or whatever, get, you know, being in your lane, if you will. But I think sometimes we, we can forget or overlook or maybe don't even realize that there is a lot of value in if you want to call it cross training, you can call it cross training, but in, in doing some different things, some, you know, running some different types of, of races, different distances, different disciplines, different styles, different terrains. Um, there's value in that. And, and talking to Sherry and, and obviously the lifestyle her and her husband are living now and traveling and doing the RV thing, um, just kind of leads into that opportunity to kind of do a bunch of different things and go for some hikes and do some runs and train for a, a BQ attempt and run some fun races and, and doing all the different types of things. And I think that maybe myself, maybe you might benefit from a little bit of that, you know, not just in terms of injury reduction risk and things like that, but just for keeping things fun, keeping things exciting, 
heaven forbid, trying something new that you might just find you enjoy, right? So that's that's my takeaway from today is just is just maybe a little nudge to mix it up a little bit more. I like to think I've done a decent job lately getting on some trails and doing some of that type of stuff, but you know maybe maybe it's time to dust off the uh, the old five k. Oh, it, it hurts my heart to say that, but maybe you know maybe it would be heaven forbid fun. I don't know, probably not fun, but maybe it would be beneficial to try something different. So I don't know. We'll see. Don't hold your breath, but also. You know, don't, don't, uh, fall down in shock if it, if it happens at some point, if your boy laces it up for a local 5k at some point in the next decade. <laughs> anyway, that's my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on, Inst- on Instagram. Uh, you can send an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes for today's episode, uh, with links and photos and the whole nine also, which, which of the nine includes the comment section down there at the bottom and leave your thoughts and feedbacks there. Dizruns.com slash 1030. Dizruns.com slash 1030 will get you back to the show notes for today. Let me know what your takeaway was from today. Uh, one last shout for Victory Kel. Get that finish line feeling any old time you want by getting a custom custom piece of jewelry that really is it's a nice looking piece. I'm not gonna, you know, not that I'm a, a charm bracelet wearing kind of guy, but uh, if I was, Victory Kel would be my place to go. Uh, get that get some of those those medals and those accomplishments. Uh, in a little different form and uh, something where I could get that, that feeling and, and puff the chest and, and re- relive some of those moments uh, a little bit more often. Uh, createmyvictory.com is the website. Diz runs at checkout will save you 15%. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for uh, the time and attention. Thanks for taking Sherry and I with you today, wherever it was that we went. I appreciate the opportunity to go with you. And until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later.